Hello, and welcome to the Daily Grind Podcast. It's a ministry of Faith Baptist Church. It's a daily podcast Monday through Friday on our daily walk with Christ. It's hosted by Stephen and Andy Bitsko, myself. Today we're going to be using our Bibles as well as the 365 Days of Spurgeon devotional. If you don't have a Bible readily available, you can download the Logos Bible software at logos.com. You can also purchase the 365 Days of Spurgeon devotional. Title of today's sermon. It is Holy Violence on the 15th of May. Holy Violence. I, it was an interesting title when I read it. It's yes. definitely interesting. Violence that is holy. Yeah. Therefore, it's holy violence. <laughs> and uh, the message we're going to, well, the first reading we're going to have is from, I'll read this one, Genesis chapter 32, verses 22 through 32, and I'll go ahead and read. And he rose up that night and took two wives and his two women servants and his 11 sons and passed over the ford Jabbok. Verse 23, and he took them and sent them over the brook and sent over that he had. And Jacob was left alone and there, and there wrestled a man with him until the breaking of the day. And when he saw that he had prevailed not against him, he touched the hollow of his thigh and the hollow of Jacob's thigh was out of joint as he wrestled with him. And he said, let me go for the day breaketh. And, I, and he said, I will not eat thee, go Except, oh, I will not let thee go, not eat. <laughs> I will not let thee go, except thou bless me. And he said unto him, what is thy name? And he said, Jacob. And he said, thy name shall be called no more Jacob, but Israel. For as a prince hast thou power with God and with man, with men, and has prevailed. And Jacob asked him and said, Tell me, I pray thee, thy name. And he said, Wherefore is, is it that thou dostest ask after my name? And he blessed him there. And Jacob called him the name of the place Pernell, for I have seen God face to face, and my life is preserved. Verse number 31. And, he, and as he passed over Pernell, the sun rose up upon him, and he halted upon his thigh. Therefore, the children of Israel eat not of the sinew which which shrank, which is upon the hollow of the thigh unto this day, because he toucheth the hollow of Jacob's thigh in the sinew that shrank. shrank. Title of the message is Holy Violence, a, a, a sermon that was delivered on the Sabbath morning on May 15th, the year 1859 by the Reverend Charles Spurgeon at the Music Hall in Royal Surrey's Gardens. And we see here from this excerpt of the sermon, frequently, frequently complaints are made and surprise expressed by individuals who have never found a blessing rest upon anything they have attempted to do in the service of God. I've been a Sunday school teacher for years, says one, And I I have never seen any of my girls or boys converted. No, and the reason most likely is that you have never been violent about it. You have never been compelled by the divine spirit to make up your mind that converted they should be, and no stone shall be left unturned until they were. You have never been brought by the spirit to such a passion that you have said, I cannot live unless God bless me. I cannot exist 
unless I see some of these children saved. Then falling on your knees in agony of prayer and putting forth afterwards your trust with the same intensity towards heaven, you would never have been disappointed for the violent take it by force. And you too, my brother in the gospel, you have marveled and wondered why your souls have not have not seen why you have not seen souls regenerated i'm sorry did you ever expect it why you preach like why you preach like one who does not believe what he is saying those who believe in christ may say of you with kind partiality our minister is a dear good man but the careless young men that attend your ministry say does that man expect me to believe that which he only utters as a dry story and to convince me when i see him go through the service with all the dullness and monotony of a dead routine oh my brethren that what we want today in the churches is violence not violence against each other but violence against death and hell against the hardness of other men's hearts and against the sleepiness of our own. Okay. Very uh, very interesting phrasing. Let's Charles get one, Spurgeon. Let's get one more verse in here real quick before we go ahead and begin and discuss this just for we can set a context of what's happening here. In Matthew chapter 11 verse number 12 the Bible says, "And from the days of the of John the Baptist until now the kingdom of heaven suffered violence and the violent task and the violent take it by force." So let's, let's go ahead and take what uh, Spurgeon is saying and also what the Word of God is saying to keep it in the proper context, is that is, there is a battle that is going on, okay? And there's a battle, and we've discussed about this battle before, but there comes to a point where man has to battle and strive day in, day out, and be able to have some sacrifice and to have some... Um, product productivity and some headway by doing the work for God. So, for for example, let's break it down for just the Sunday school teacher. Okay, a Sunday school teachers year teaches year after year after year after year, and they never see a soul saved. Well, you, you know, you may have to look in perspective of first of all evaluate yourself. Are you doing the best work you possibly can for the Lord? Through your service, uh, through through your service and your preparation. Keyword: preparation for your Sunday school class. For example, if you're a Sunday school teacher and you're not pulling out your curriculum until Saturday night around nine or ten o'clock at night before Sunday, and you're saying, "Okay, this is the time I'm going to study. This is the time I'm going to get prepared for my Sunday school class." You are failing not just you, but your your Savior as well, and also the children that you are teaching. Okay. So we have to self-evaluate ourselves first. Are we giving our ultimate of self to God? Or are we just going through the motions? Are we just doing the minimal amount of work that we need to do to be able to satisfy and to be able to feed that little bit of hunger that we have that we want to serve Christ and we just give it a little bit just to quench it a little bit and we just continue on to the next week? So that has to be... that. We have to evaluate ourselves first. That's physically. Now, spiritually, are we feeding ourselves? And I'm still, and I am still using the Sunday school teacher. Haven't got onto another topic or another example. Still on the Sunday school teacher. Are you preparing yourself spiritually? Are you reading the Bible? Not as the physical act, but are you reading the Bible as a spiritual nourishment to hear from your Heavenly Father? 
Are you taking that action to say, yes, God, you are important to me. I want to hear what you have to say to me. I'm going to wake up in the morning. I'm going to stay up in the evening, whatever time you make for yourself to read the Bible. But you're going to make the point where you're going to address some quiet time with God to better yourself spiritually. So I mentioned two things. I've mentioned physically. I mentioned spiritually. Let's talk about mentally. Are you going to that classroom with the right mentality in your head? Or are you going in that classroom complaining about my kids are late for church today, I didn't iron my clothes, I forgot to clean up the kitchen before I left, I hate my life, I hate my husband's mad at me right now, my car needs gas and my car's a wreck, and you're, are you going in the proper mentality for that class right then and there? Are you giving them everything they deserve? Are you giving everything to your Savior that He deserves? Or are you cutting yourself short and just doing a little bit just to get through to the next week? And I bring this to the point. As a soldier, airman, marine, navy, coasty guardy, whatever you want to call them, <laughs> they train physically, mentally, and spiritually to go to battle. Every single one of them. In fact, they train so much and they do it so often that it becomes a muscle memory, that it becomes action. In fact, when they're in the time of the heat of the battle of war or in a conflict or during a struggle, their body moves on its own from repetitive training. But us as Christians, we don't train us up in all three tiers or pillars or triads, however you want to do it. If you're an army guy, you know exactly what I'm talking about right now. But we don't train for the, for the violence or for the battle. What we do is we complain. We complain about everything. But we don't go to the battle. So I just wanted to start that off and set up where we're looking at when we're talking about these certain things. Matthew chapter 11, verse number uh, chapter number 11, verse number 12 says, I'm going to read it again. And from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffered violence and the, and the violent take it by force. So there is a battle. There's a battle between God and evil. And I'm going to title it as Satan. I'm going to title it as the devil. There is a battle that's going on. And it's been going on. And there's a battle between reaching the lost, which are controlled by the devil, or not doing anything at all. So I gave you the example of the Sunday school teacher. Now I want to talk about the everyday Christian. You may not have a ministry. You may not have a family. You may not be working. But still, you're under the Great Commission which, which tells you to reach the lost. And, you know, you, you can argue and say, well, it's just for the apostles. Well, I guess what? Those apostles were disciples. We're all disciples. We're all learning to be better and more like Christ. So we, you can make that theological argument later. I'm not here right now to theologically debate you, but I'm just bringing it to the point that you have a job to do. That's your one, really, that's your one and only job. 
So let's bring this into context of what we are saying earlier. Are you physically preparing yourself? Are you going to places? Are you going to websites? Are you going to a place of culture where you can be a witness? Let's talk about this mentally. Are you preparing yourself mentally by memorizing the Word of God? Let's talk about this spiritually. Are you preparing yourself daily to listen to your coach, to your boss, to your leader, to your Heavenly Father, Jesus Christ, in the morning or in the evening? You see, my friends, we can talk about people bad all day long. We can say how horrible they are and what a horrible Sunday school teacher they are or how a horrible husband or a horrible wife or whatever, whatever label of the week you want to put on there. But let's flip it on us. Are you doing everything you possibly can? Are you rising to the occasion to be battled hardened to go into the fight? Are you just playing it by ear? Andy, do you have anything? I, I do. Every, everything you said is right, and sometimes it, it helps to hear things bluntly. Then, you know, sometimes the eloquence of the preacher or a teacher, just someone talking or carrying a conversation. I think more directly to the wording of what Charles Spurgeon was saying when he was talking about the violence uh, and the violent take it by force, as it says in Matthew eleven twelve. That violence doesn't take the same form every time. God's more creative than that. I, I got a good example would be, um, you know, my family's in the military. I've, I've moved around a couple of times and gone to a bunch of different churches. And I've seen many different preachers with many different styles of preaching, not to say that one is better over the other. I have a, uh, a, a wonderful preacher uh, in North Texas, where we used to live, animated, into it, ready to go, passionate, every day, talking about Christ. And his sermons, he was crying just about every sermon from the passion and from the, the, the sorrow that one person might leave and not be saved. He was there. He was present every day. Okay? And that was his, that's how God used him. And, and I think of the pastor where, at, at this church. He's a little bit more laid back. He does you know, deeper dives into the study of the scriptures. But still, presently, there's the same passion that he doesn't want one person to leave the church service without being saved. So the, you know, that, that passion, that violence takes different forms, but it's always going to one purpose and that's to reach people who aren't saved or to edify people who are saved and build them up and make them stronger in Christ. So you don't have to be a street preacher on the corner, you know, preaching loudly at people, just, you know, trying to get their attention, trying to, trying to reach someone who might at that moment really need Christ. You know, that might not be the way God wants to use you. And I'm going to go back to it again, as I said yesterday. One of the most, excuse me, one of the most important things you can do is pray. And it, I mean, there, there are times when you're praying and, you know, you're just going through the motions and, you know, you're just kind of reading down the list or, or you know, mentally reciting the list in your brain. 
And then there's other times when, you know, you really want something from God. You really want to take something off your heart and take it to God. And the passion is there and the, you know, the, the violence is there. And you're just, you're, you're giving everything to God. Maybe you're praying about a, a family member who's lost. Or maybe you're praying about a job situation that, that's not going right. Or maybe you're praying about family problems. That's what God wants us to do. That's what Spurgeon is talking about here when he's talking about the suffering, the agony of falling on our knees before God in prayer. That's what he's talking about. That's the passion and the violence and the holy violence that he's talking about there. You know, not in it, sometimes that, that requires us to get out of our comfort zone. And I, I'm, I'm an exuberant, enthusiastic individual, I think, over, overly so sometimes. I enjoy talking to people. But you know what? Some, nothing makes me as nervous as talking to someone, someone about Christ. I, I don't know why, but I think it has something to do with the fact that the devil is very good at planting just a little bit of a seed of doubt just to make you think twice and not do something for Christ. And I think get, getting past that and getting over that and praying and reading your Bible and knowing your scripture really helps when you're talking to someone and trying to reach them for Christ. Maybe they don't get saved that time. That's something I've learned. Maybe they don't get saved that time that they talk to you. But the the word of God never comes back void, as it says in the Bible. And they will will think about it. Even if, you know, they don't think about it, then they'll think about it sometime. And, you know, it, 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 it produces a seed which could grow and they could be saved, and I think that's something very important that we can take from the text that we're reading t- uh, today. You know, we go back to Genesis chapter 32. Jacob, one of the things I find interesting is that Jacob was wrestling all night with the force he could not identify until the morning. Jacob was wrestling all night with the force he could not identify until the morning. And when he could identify it, the first thing he said is, I will not stop until you bless me. He could not identify the force he was fighting with, yet he struggled all night. He dislocated bones, struggling all night with something he couldn't identify. And the first thing he said when he could identify the force was, bless me. And I think that's so powerful and something to really think about. When you're fighting against things mentally or physically that you can't identify, when you see it, what is the first thing that you say? What is the first thing that you see? Is it God help me? Is it God bless me? Is it God I don't know what to do anymore? And that's where we can learn and that's where God can build us up and make us great warriors of the faith of the faith right then and there. And I think that's what Charles Spurgeon is getting to right there at the point is God can make us great warriors of the faith. It takes different paths, but we can get there. I think that's what we can learn from this. Very, very good, Andy. Which brings us to our, our point that we've been trying to address is, do you mean business with God or do you just go through the motions? It can make all the difference. It really can. I think we gave Two great, two great illustrations, one from a harsh point of view, mm-hmm. a very direct point of view, and also another a more well-rounded, articulated point of view to be able to address the cause for Christ. 
that, you know, it does make a difference to do something. You know, either you can, you can make that difference or you cannot. And, uh, you know, I, I, I want to bring us to the, to the Bible verse here, second Kings chapter four, verses 31 through 35. And, uh, it says, uh, and, uh, Jehazi passed on before them and laid the staff upon the face of the child, but there was neither voice nor hearing. Wherefore he went again to meet him and told him saying, the child is not awake. And when Elisha was come into the house, behold, the child was dead and laid upon his bed. He went, he went in there, therefore, and shut the door upon them twain and prayed unto the Lord. And he went up and laid upon the child and put his mouth upon his mouth and his eyes upon his eyes and his hands upon his hands. And he stretched himself unto the child and the flesh of the child waxed warm. Then he returned and walked in the house to and fro and went up and stretched, stretched himself upon him. And the child sneezed seven times and the child opened his eyes. And I think uh, the, the thing about Elisha during this part, and, uh, you know, it just wasn't a quick miracle. <laughs> you know, I mean, you, you hear about all the wonderful miracles the apostles did and, you know, uh, uh, Jesus did and so forth. You know, they just laid hands or, you know, they said, you'll be healed. But there was a process that had to take place and it, and it, it, it happened over time. And, you know, we just want to remind you that, you know, there's, there's a family I knew that, uh, that started the church and he preached to his family for three years. When he first opened that church, the only people that went to that church was his wife and his children. And every Sunday morning they would wake up and get ready to go to church all anticipating and uh, hoping that, you know, visitors would come to that church, but no one, no one came. It wasn't because it was a bad church. It was a, it was a great church. It's just no one came. But he continued on to strive to preach every Sunday morning and Sunday evening. He he's put the same preparation in that he did for a sermon and still continued. And that was for three years. Now it's one of the greater churches up in North Texas. And, uh, you know, he'll tell you, he said, I had, to, I had to preach to my family for three years. They've heard all my sermons before everyone else. <laughs> but, you know, it just didn't happen overnight. There's, a, there's something about being consistent, and there's, there's a blessing with being consistent. You know, we, we talk in the military, you know, you have to have discipline. It's not so much discipline as it is consistency. You know, you can wake up or you can do the same thing day in and day out, but if you're not consistently trying to better, try to consistently do the action, you know, nothing will happen. Andy's shaking. He's nodding his head because I've given him the discipline speech for so many years. <laughs> So, you know, just bring that and understand. Mark chapter 9, verses number 28 through 29, it says, And when he was come into the house, his disciples asked him privately, Why could not we cast him out? And he said unto them, This kind can, can come, come forth by nothing but by prayer and fasting. You know, when the disciples could not cast out that uh, evil spirit, they came to Christ. 
like it's saying here. And they said, why couldn't we do it? And you've got to understand, the disciples, they've done many miracles before this. You know, they, they've done many healings, and, and they couldn't figure, and they've cast out many devils and many evil spirits, but they couldn't do this one. And, and God was saying, sometimes you just have to pray and fast, and that's a greater power than the actual miracle itself. So prayer is important, like Andy's saying. Fasting is another thing that's also important. That's the ultimate power, ultimate, ultimate thing that you can do is by that prayer and that fasting. Also, something that I actually see in these verses is, you know, if we go back to the first verse, and when he was coming, when he was coming to the house, his disciples asked him privately, why could, we not, why could not we cast him out? And he said unto them, this kind can come forth by can come forth by nothing but fasting and prayer. Excuse me. Prayer and fasting. I think something that's really important to note here is they've get, the the disciples had done, you know, so many miracles before this. I think at this point God Jesus was just giving them a little reminder that you can't get too caught up in your own power and your own ability to speak and things happen. There's a greater power involved than just your words. And, you know, to use Dad's example of the, the Sunday school teacher, there's only so much you can do. There's only so much preparation you can do. Nothing that you say will make a child be, uh, get saved. It's what you say with the power of the Holy Spirit that moves in the heart of a child. And, you know, personally, when I was younger, I didn't go to Sunday school too much. Most of the time we stayed in the, 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 the church service with uh, my parents. But it's the same thing there. The pastor could say something, okay? And there were some services where you were, where you were listening. And before I was saved, it was just like, well, you know, the lady behind us gives us peppermints every service. You know, Miss Joanne, I love you. You gave us so many peppermints. It was great. But then, you know, I remember Sunday, I believe it was December of 2009, pastor, my pastor preached a sermon on heaven. And I remember thinking, if it's greater than everything I can imagine... And all of the great things I've already done, and, you know, I was seven at the time. The world was amazing. The world is still amazing. I, was, I thought to myself, if, the, if it's better than everything I can imagine, I want to go there. You know, I had, I had you know, been told my whole life, you know, you pray the prayer and you believe in your heart. And I really didn't understand that. I had prayed the prayer thousands of times. I didn't understand that you have to believe. I didn't understand what believing was. You know, I'd been shown that, that the, color, the, the colored pages, books, and, you know, I'd had Sunday school teachers and pastors and youth pastors. I'd had the whole thing. And I'd heard the sermons so many times, the same sermons, but it was that one time that the Holy Spirit moved in me, at the heart of a child at seven years old, that I realized that place is better than anything I can imagine, and I want to go there. 
And I think that's so important to remember, is there's only so much we can do without the power of the Holy Spirit moving in the hearts of men and children and women. And we can't do anything without it. And I think that's the most important thing we can learn from this entire lesson, is that we need to trust in God that he would move in the hearts of people that we're talking to every day. Amen. All right. Go ahead, Dan. Do you want to close this out? Uh, we would appreciate if you share this podcast and spread the word. I believe there's a share button on the bottom right-hand corner of the image that you're seeing right now. If you're on Spotify, I believe it's on the bottom right-hand corner of your screen, although I don't use Spotify very often, so I'm not you sure. Not give all these platforms, so. Also, join us at Faith Baptist. I'm just going to leave it and move on to the next thing. Join us at faithbaptistelpaso.org as well as we have a Bible study. I'm not sure what happened with the text, but I'll decipher it. It says Tuesday, May 19th at 7.30 p.m. Yes, it's going to be about an hour. About an hour, you say? It's going to be about an hour. Uh, Look on Facebook uh, today. Um, I'm going to have a video on my Facebook page at KJV Podcast. Um, I'll have a Facebook uh, video that's going to tell you how to register. And that will get you enrolled. And we're going to go ahead and meet online at 730 on May 19th. Also, if you want to join us on Facebook, that's the Facebook group is Faith Baptist El Paso. Join our online community at faithlife.com forward slash Faith El Paso. This is the Daily Grind Podcast and Ministry of Faith Baptist Church. God bless you and have a good day.